Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Debatable with your hosts Nia and Kyle. I'm Kyle. And I'm Nina. Today we're going to be asking the questions that really plague us. Assuming the technology exists and you could travel back in time, would you, instead of killing baby Hitler, how <laughs> would you, what would you tell your younger debate self? Um, like Spicy. a piece of advice or something. Spicy. I think it's nice like if, if I ask you this first, Nina. Because mm. you don't consider yourself to be that old in the debate community. I really am not. I I am just a baby in this circle. I'm kidding. I am significantly old, but not as old as you are. But I would go back and tell my younger debate self to go out and compete more. I think my biggest regret was entering high school and then not really debating as much as I could have. Or entering debate really late because... There was this aura that existed that debate is such an elite sport. Like, no one can do it unless you're super smart and have read every single issue of The Economist. So I wish, like, I stopped having that mindset and stopped being scared and just went and did it. When I was in high school, I did get the sense that a lot of people didn't want to join debate because they thought that they weren't smart enough. I didn't struggle with that so much because I was just, like, thrown into the debate world. Like, just one day, they told me that I had to go to the faculty room. And then I was ambushed, you guys. I was ambushed by the administration. It was suddenly a debate lecture. And then we were having some rounds. And then I was ambushed again. It was tryouts pala for our day light. So whenever I I heard people going like, debate is interesting, Sana, but I feel like I'm too dumb for it. I, I just tell them, like, no, I'm dumb, guys. I'm so dumb. <laughs> Look at me. I'm a successful debater. Yeah, I'm so dumb. it's not, that's not uh, what I would tell myself. I would go back in time, tell my younger self, Sigur to make more friends. Like, the, the first thing I'd say is, look, one day you're gonna get to the finals of nationals. This is what you should say. Hello, hello, Bawalian! <laughs> but, but in a much more real sense, I would tell, tell myself, like, lighten up. Try to make friends. And that, that's such a weird thing to say. Like, just try to make more friends. But, like, you have to understand that I was so scared of people thinking that I was dumb, even though, like, I, I was. But I was so scared of people, like, underestimating me. But at the same time, I was very likely to push people away if they recognize me and they try to be friends with me. Because, like, growing up, I had a lot of trust issues where, like, I had a feeling that even if I made friends, like, the moment the teacher says, you know... Kyle Atega's a bad influence. Don't talk to him. Um, and they do like they do exactly that. They stop talking to me. I feel like, hmm, what a betrayal, isn't it? Um, and that actually happened to me. So I guess that's where I got it. So at that point, I was very ambitious, overly ambitious, I would say. I really wanted to prove myself to everyone. But at the same time, I had these um I, I was very paranoid about it. So major toxic masculinity yung dating niya. Like I wanted to prove myself to my peers as someone that's competent. But at the same time, I don't want them to get too close. Because I wanted people to feel like I didn't care about what they thought of me. Even though I really did. So, yun yung pakul types na very siga. Um, and it was kind of obnoxious, really. I remember this story where uh, my partner and I from high school, we went against a team from Siliman. <laughs> like a decade ago already. 
Um, we went against a team from Siliman, and then afterwards, I saw my partner just straight up talking to the rest of the Siliman contingent, like they were friends. And I was like, "Wait, kung bakit ganon? Parang ikaw gusto nila maging friend, tapos ako hindi." And then I was like, "Oh, it's because they think that you're a snob." And I was like, "Man, I wish they didn't. I do act like a snob, though." But I promise that if you get to know me, I'm very nice. But don't mm-hmm. tell them that because I don't want them to think that I'm begging for their attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that was my thing. It was like it was a whole thing. It was a very toxic masculinity type thing that held me back. Really, it really held me back. Yeah. So I guess to best understand our lives as novices, you must first go back to our childhoods. How Freudian of us, you know? Yeah, literally. But, but- Like, go back in time to meet your baby self. <laughs> and then kill your baby. No, 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 no. Okay, so mine naman was very different from Kyle's novice life. Because he went into it from the completely other different direction. I don't know how to words today. But like, he came from the other direction of like trying very hard to be overcompetent and confident. And I was like very not confident. I was like... Very insecure of my abilities, and that was because I was confident in all my other abilities. Um, I had this fear of failure because at that point in my life, I was the type of person that was just kind of good at things I chose to do. So I was in multiple sports, I was uh, in multiple like clubs, and debate was something I joined in third year. I was also shoved into the tryouts room without much of my consent. But I guess I consented to it eventually. Uh, but you ratified it. You ratified it. Yeah, I ratified it. Yeah. there. That's the correct term. I don't want people to think I I was held hostage by debate, you know. But yeah, eventually I I had to be dragged there, and then I was so scared of failing. I felt like I was third year already. So many people have debated since they were first year high school. I was out of time. I was too late to the debate scene. I was too slow of a learner. I'm never gonna know the rules all in time to break in my first tournament. I had to break immediately. I had to at least reach semis. So I had all these standards for myself. And I guess, you know, that's why my advice is compete more if you're afraid and just chill, my dude. Like, chill, Pastina. It'll be all right. You can still debate in college. I didn't know why I felt like my career had to be confined to high school. I felt like I didn't know the right people. Like, how was I going to succeed if I don't know who any of these big names are? Like, who is this Kyle Atega who is in the finals of PSDC? I am but a lone, like, baby in the other category because I didn't break into the main break, right? So I feel like I didn't have the right connections. Everyone's already kind of friends with each other. Or if not really friends, they kind of knew each other. And because of these confidence issues, even when I entered college, I was judging more than I was debating. Um, which isn't super bad because judging is great and I fell in love with judging. But I didn't enter judging for the right reasons. I entered judging because I was scared of the alternative, which was debating. So that's kind of sad. And I feel like I never got out of my novice status because of it. And I only stopped being a novice in technical terms in like second year or third year college. Because to be a novice, at least in a lot of manuals in tournaments, you have to have not broken in any college Ivy or college nationals pala. Um, if you haven't broken in college nationals, you're still technically 
a novice. And because I was judging the whole time and not debating, I was a novice for a really long time. And people are surprised by that fact. They think that I've been a non-novice or a pro in debate for a while, but that that's not true. So that's my backstory as to why my novice life was not as fabulous as people thought it was. I, I wasn't born just like in the top 10, you know? to climb my way up there yeah if if this were an anime this would be the point in the story where like we're in the middle of a fight and then there's there's a flashback yeah (laughs) there's a flashback and you have like baby nina or baby kyle and then a lot of really bad things happen to them they just they turn into this like rock hard stone version of themselves this is yeah (laughs) <laughs> those guys are things mm, I, I'm still not over One Piece I, I realized because like that's exactly what I was thinking of this is like a One Piece flashback but anyway um, anyway anyway I agree with you that like sometimes it feels like it's very difficult to um get like achievements that the community thinks are worth like achieving I don't know but I also feel like the community was a little bit whack like, not the individual, like, high school debaters, but there was this general atmosphere. Like, we're not here to make friends. We're here to win. Like, those reality TV shows, like that. There was, like, this general atmosphere. So whenever mm. older debaters, like myself or you, um, Albert, um, s- said something along these lines, and Bolo as well said something along these lines where... We're so thankful that the community right now isn't as toxic as it was in, in the past. Because before, it was competitive, but in a less wholesome way. Like, mm. um, there were lots of conspiracy theories. Like, when I was younger, maybe this institution is going after us. Or this judge is out to get our institution. Those kinds of things that I don't think, I don't true. think are true. But at the time, because of the atmosphere or like the 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 way that I perceive the community, it felt like it was true. So w- when you said that when when you started, you're like, "Who is this Carla Tega?" and it looked like we all knew each other. I I sometimes had the feeling that we only knew each other by name, but we weren't like comfortable enough to consider each other as friends, or at least that's me because like again, I'm I was very antisocial before. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like. I remember Idea Light 2011. Wow, after, specific. After like a year of like entering into almost 10 tournaments the year before and getting wrecked and not breaking any single one of them, the first time that I felt like I wasn't a novice was when I broke an Idea Light and I was against Venti in the finals. Venti straight up called me Atega in his speech. And in my head, I was like, why are you calling me Atega? We're not even friends. So, like, that was the mindset I was in. So, I was part of that problem. I'm very thankful that I moved away from that kind of thinking. But I'm Mm. perfectly fine with admitting that I was part of the problem in the community at the time. But also, um, the goals and expectations that I had to set on myself made it very difficult for me to get out of that mindset as well because I was overly competitive, like super competitive. And I guess a reason for that was because the achievements that were available to me at the time, they weren't super achievable, but I really wanted them. For example, I really wanted to be national champion, 
but it seemed very far away and I didn't have any good measurement of like how close am I to that goal. The achievements, if you're if you were a novice at the time, there weren't a lot of novice breaks. The achievements that were available at the time were only those that seemed like only the really good people would be able to get. And if you try and do it and you fail, it's crushing. It's much harder. It was much harder to be a newer debater back then than it is now because back then, it, the mind, I feel like institutionally, the attitude was you gotta get good first, <laughs> you know? As opposed to now, which I feel like it's more nurturing where we will help you get good. Yeah. So I think besides achievements being hard to reach, even if you did reach them, there was still this barrier of language. Like you disappear for a bit in the debate community and new terminologies come up and you can't keep up. So what more if you're new and you have to start from scratch? Like what is a exclusive benefit? What is mutually exclusive? Like that's such a strange term. What is delta? What is middle analysis? What is, I, I don't know, uh, what is a counterfactual? There's so many weird debate terms, right? And I feel like we aren't as nurturing as we are now about it. We weren't as nurturing as we are now about it in teaching what these terms are, what they mean, how to apply them. You kind of just had to go in it headfirst and hope for the best, which isn't the best for um, novices that probably would have had insecurity issues like myself. Yeah, and I, I like that because, okay, I'd like to first address the mutual exclusivity delta thing because I agree that it's so hard. Like, you're, you're a high schooler and then you talk about like My Little Pony or Benton or something and then you're thrust in this world where people are throwing these really complicated terms and like, where do these terms come from? And then you realize it's because a lot of the people who made these terms popular are already in college or beyond. So the things that they learned in college in their classes, they import it into the debate world. That's why you have a lot of things like structural functionalism, those kinds of things. Like, kahit ako, like, liberating limits, I just got that from class, from a philosophy class, and I turned it into an argument and called it a day, even if, like, newer debaters probably wouldn't understand it. I think that Right now, what changed, first of all, is I think that there are just more novice breaks in general. Because when we were younger, if you entered, if you were a high schooler and you, you go to a college tournament, it's so difficult to break. There wasn't any notion of novice breaks outside of like Cena Cup or Ana Alano Cup or Union Cup. And even for those, uh, even for Union Cup and Cena Cup, they're not really geared towards novices. They're more geared like towards institutions that didn't reach finals, yeah. for example. And also, if you're a high schooler, even if you're a high schooler, you can't qualify for the Union Cup because you're not in college yet. So it was very difficult to break um, and feel good about yourself um, when you go to these kinds of tournaments. Um, but what happened, like historically, I think what happened was that um, there were a lot of really good high school debaters who started joining more and more college tournaments, IVs, Opens, and they ended up breaking. And that started the notion that even if you're in high school, 
the only thing that these college people have on you is more time, um, more experience, but it doesn't mean that you can't go toe-to-toe with them and their ideas. So because of those, I guess, pioneering high schoolers, the role of novices and high schoolers and all these different parts of the debate community um, were being recognized in more and more tournaments so that we have more and more novice breaks. We have more and more tournaments that try to educate or nurture um, newer debaters more as well. So I, that's something I'm very thankful for. Yeah, besides that, I also feel like a lot of things that helped were related to institutions pumping out lecture series, like in TechSem for high schoolers, or a lot of the newer ones like Ateneo Debate Camp or Fast Forward. Um, though, okay, they're not really that old, but you know what I mean? Like, they they have only been recently resurfacing again, um, I guess, in the online setting now. But they, they really help novices because I feel like the, the time before, there was sort of a gatekeeping of information you knew, right? Matter yeah, was yeah. super, like, institutions would have their own matter Bibles that they wouldn't share. But now it's like information's readily available everywhere. You have podcasts like this that help you out. You have people posting on YouTube. I'm like Bolo series. You also have PDUs online lectures in YouTube and in Facebook and in other platforms. So it was all just like educational all around. And I really like that vibe. I feel like that I'm happy I caught up with it because during my time when I was in office or at least when I was in high school, it wasn't as common as I would have I would have liked. Yeah. Um another thing that was good for us, like novices in general are just really good judges that, you know, I th- I felt like as a as a novice debater, there were some judges who I, I was, like, extremely scared of. Like, I remember Redacted. had this reputation that he doesn't, he's very frank, he doesn't sugarcoat when you're doing wrong things. So I was like, whenever I see him in a tournament, and he's judging. I, I I literally like I got scared, too scared to speak. <laughs> Those kinds of things. But he was a very good judge. He was very um comprehensive in his comments. And that's something that I really appreciated from judges, even before. Um, because they really took the time to explain to you what you could do better, what you did wrong, why there was something, why they considered that to be suboptimal or something so with this new trend of like emphasizing the value of education and debate tournaments and you know other debate related settings we also put more and more emphasis on the quality of judging so Mm. what changed was people cared more about educating not just from the perspective of tournament organizers but also if you were a judge you wanted there to be a positive experience for the people who you're judging, and that could best be seen if they end up learning from your oral adjudication or from their personal comments. Yeah. So, so why are we talking about this? We seem to have ranted quite a while about being a novice and what has changed and what is taking place. I guess it's like three things. The first would be to clarify assumptions about what debaters are at this at their prime, right? I, I received a lot of questions during um, Padayon when I was at Agcor asking me, like, was I always this good? Um, what did you do? 
And I guess, you know, I, I went through what everyone else did. I also had insecurity issues. I also had confidence issues. I also had many cringy speeches, right? So I, I wanted to make this episode to sort of address those misconceptions and to assure novices that this is something that's normal. Your fear of debate is something everyone goes through. Some are just better at hiding it than others. And lastly, I guess it's also to assure novices that good judging and lectures and more novice breaks coming up. There are changes happening to accommodate newer debaters and the circuit is doing its best to make the transition into your life of debating as easy as possible. Yeah, and we're we're very, very excited to announce that we have a lot of things planned for the future that try to synthesize or like use a lot of the things that we've noticed were effective towards educating newer debaters. And we just wanted to put our own little twists on them. So expect expect big things i guess um coming up soon very soon yeah but for now uh we're very happy that you listened to us for this episode of debatable um let us know what you'd want to improve on as a novice and what you would tell your younger novice self if you've been debating for a while yeah so that's it for this episode thank you for listening we'll see you in the next one bye bye bye